Now this is a this is a question. This is a pub. Mm -hmm. This is a pub question. Mm -hmm. Using classical magnet or not? I wasn't. You wasn't me neither. I was. I had a class in there, like in the portable area. Yeah. But nah, they was there. I was never. That was crazy, it right? Was crazy. Like the little yeah, separation. They got building, but look at them now. You know they got the building. They got out. So they got out. Yeah, we was <laughs> we was in the we was in the port. They had the portables like attached to the back yeah, of the building. So yeah. like I had a couple class. I had a, like a civics class with Mr. Hayes back there. But we would see him and run into him. And, and this cast that I still talk to today. Um, they went to college with me. They was in classical. Um, when it was first like that in the pub. So like those are the cats that'd be like, oh, I went to Harvard High. Yo, nah, if you, you did not go to Harvard High, high inside of Harvard High, this is this may be weird. They was a separate class of students and they were considered it was like an in it was like an inside public school magnet right school right. so it was a magnet like program right and, and it was well, I, I, i'm laughing i forgot what it was called I classical magnet Hello, everybody. I want to welcome you guys to another episode of Trade Secrets by Triple Tote. My name is Antoine Debnam, and I'm bringing you guys another exciting episode. I have a great guest with me today. His name is Eddie Brown, and he represents the organization Hartford Communities That Care. We're going to learn about his story, his um, path to success, and he does a real noble thing. You know, he works with Hartford City youth every day. So he's in the trenches with them. He's giving them guidance. He's connecting them with opportunities. He's connecting in with resources you know and in, in, in urban communities when you do a job like that you're the therapist you're the community leader you're the big brother you know you're the chauffeur you know you might have to give a couple dollars to a kid to get lunch or get home you do all those things and sometimes it could be a thankless job so you know I'm proud to have Mr. Eddie Brown on my show so we can highlight him and get an inside look on what it takes to run a successful organization how's it going Eddie peace good brother man thanks for the opportunity man I'm glad to have you on bro um, me and Eddie connected because we're, we're launching a big program we'll get into which we'll get into later but I want to tell you that um, this dude is one of the most sincere dudes I've ever connected with um, he's on point um, he's knowledgeable he's in the know as far as the community and what's going on as people would say in the streets <laughs> you know but at the same time he knows how to balance those worlds where he's connecting with professionals and he's helping them understand the importance of giving back to the communities they make money in they run their businesses businesses in they live in he's helping them understand all that but but Eddie let's take it back as far as we can to the beginning what 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 what, what high school did you go to um, I went to the pub uh, Hartford Public High School yes sir Owls 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 Nation <laughs> yeah yeah I'm an owl too I went to um, Hartford Pub too nice nice man okay you may be the first guest if I'm wrong, somebody out there holler. No, you're not. My, my boy Devon, obviously, I graduated with him. Okay. But I was like, I mean, he's a super close friend of mine. Yeah. But for people I've invited on the show just after meeting that I, that I haven't known for 25 years, you're probably the first guest that's from the pub. You know, so I, I'm, had to have, I'm glad to have you on yes, for that, sir, too. Yes, sir. Glad. Owls, man. Team Owls. Let's go. Let's do it. Now, how was, how was um, Harford High for you? Like, what was it like when you were there just as an experience? Um, the experience was actually great. Um, it was different because I didn't expect to be at a public school. I know a lot of um, – with my grades, um, 
it allowed me to go to a public school, but it was also um, a great opportunity to help me grow um, to where I am today to actually mm -hmm. have that experience. Um, with grades, my mom was pushing to get me in magnet schools or you know, certain private schools, um, but I feel like the you know the public school factor is just a, it's just the same. It's just how um, it's it's looked at versus private school people think oh you're gonna get a better education no it's the same quality but it's you know just the atmosphere the amount of resources that it lacks and you know the difference and we can get into that but um the experience was great i learned a lot i learned my niche with technology and that's when i first started i was really into the video mm -hmm. um and audio stuff i'm still into audio now but i'm more so um, I was more so into the video aspect of everything um, when it came to like video editing and cameras and stuff like that it was a guy um, Mr. McCausland Mr. McCausland I know Mr. rest in peace rest in yeah, peace man yeah, um, yeah. amazing Woo. dude um, amazing technology teacher um, so ever since then I just was in the we used to live in his classroom it was like one of those rooms you just go to and those are the kind of source resources that we need today you know a lot of the after schools um, kids just go home you know especially yeah. in high school like you know elementary middle you have after school programs but like the high school you don't have too many those programs unless you're going somewhere outside of the building but we was able to stay after school like in between classes we'll take lunches and go to his you know what i'm saying so that's why i really was into the computer and the tech the video editing um audio stuff um and then you know from there it was a it was great experience i tried the sports but didn't work out so you know i fit what was i fit what was best for me um in that realm so yeah the pub man it was a great it was great we was actually the last class class of 08 the last class to experience the official public school before they transitioned into the, the different academies and mm -hmm. stuff like that that they got now so that's what's up yeah when i went to the pub it was my college so mccausland was there when you was there yeah oh. listen people love mccausland he was hip he wasn't no teacher-teacher. He was like a, almost like a young dude that okay. just happened to teach. That's it. You know what I'm That's saying? It. And he was hip. He was, he he, he was he was diehard Patriots fan. Diehard <laughs> Patriots fan. Because every every home game, he would never come in on that Monday, and, and he'll he, tell you. And you know what's true? Like from from my perspective back then, yo, he was a super hip teacher. And he wasn't black, but he was so on point. point. He was. And you, when you in Harvard mm -hmm. to be on to find a teacher that's on point mm -hmm. in general, period, yeah. is hard. But he was on point, and he never shied away from the truth that yo, I know how you feel, but this is how it is out there. That's how it is, yeah. And I know you feel like, hey, some stuff, you know, a lot of stuff you're telling him, he's acknowledging that's truth, but he's like, but still, there's still a better, there's still a better world out there. You just got to experience it. I know that this is all you've lived, but trust me, you're going to be doing this when you get out. And he, and he worked hard for the, for the kids. Like you wanted to, he's a teacher you wanted to almost hang around. Seriously. We did. I mean, we did, you know, yeah, so between yeah. him and Mr. Abate, man, I know Mr. Abate, Abate was there too. One, yeah. one of the best dudes to ever describe, um, break down history the way he did. Like now, this is a this is a question. This is a pub. Mm -hmm. This is a pub question. Mm -hmm. Using classical magnet or not? I wasn't. You wasn't me neither. I was. I had a class in there, like in the portable area. Yeah. But nah, they was there. I was never. That was crazy, it right? Was like crazy. the little yeah, separation. They got the building, but look at them now. You know, they got the building. They got out. So. They got out. Yeah, we was we was in the, we was in the port. They had the portables like attached to the back. Yeah, of the building. So, yeah. Like, I had a couple class. I had like a civics class with Mr. Hayes back there. But we would see him and run into him. And, and this cast that I still talk to today. Um, they went to college with me. They was in classical. Um, when it was first like that in the pub. So like those are the cats that'd be like, well, I went to Harvard High. Like, Yo, nah, if you, you did not go to Harvard High, inside of Harvard High, this is this may be weird. There was a separate class of students, and they were considered. It was like an in. It was like an inside 
public school magnet right. school. Right. So it was a magnet like program. Right. And, and it was, it was I, I, I'm laughing. Sorry, I forgot what it was called. I classical so magnet. It was still there when you, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So time. it was called classical magnet. I think it started from Quirk. Okay, so they I, in court I think classical magnet yeah. started in Cork, and then you would go up the classical magnet reins into into high school. I believe that's gotcha. how it worked. Oh, and then they moved to the pub. Then okay. they moved to the pub. So that was the thing. It was like that was the path. It was like you you join it in yeah. in Cork, and then when you go to Hartford High, you stay in it, <laughs> right? And it was like it was ridiculous on some level because we all were in class. Well, we weren't always in class together. We were not always in class together, but we were in the same high school. We played the same sports, hung out, ate the same food in the cafeteria. But it was always weird because you get this almost like and you know kids will turn anything into a rivalry so it was like classical versus non-classical students on certain types of topics it was it was weird but it was but it was cool looking back it was the best but i'm glad the original classical people claimed the school because sometimes you, you you would go to classical because you felt bad it was in the portables you'll just be like oh i go to the pub i go to Hartford high oh nah, yeah yeah nah, yeah that's classical. a demotion because <laughs> be, before they were in in their own cubicles right they were inside the school and they were considered the cream of the crop right if you're in classical so yeah Shout, shout out to classical magnet shout out to Harper yeah. high and the pup so after after high school what school did you go to and how did you go about making that decision like because when we were in school right mm -hmm. it was almost like amongst your friends you were trying to figure out what everybody was next move was exactly. and you were trying to coordinate your next move in that same fashion or even like directly saying yo me and you we're gonna go here like some of your friends would all like me and my boys we went to UConn, some of us, and mm -hmm. then I transferred. So I even, one of my friends, we went to um, Clark Atlanta University. We went to Atlanta nice together. Yeah. yeah, so I had the experience, luckily, of going to a, a really mainstream college in UConn and then transferring, to a, transferring, into, a, transferring into HBCU. How did you, de how, what school did you go to? How did you decide on it? Um, I went to Eastern, but nice. it wasn't really necessarily my decision. So here's what happened in high school where we, when we talk about opportunity. Um, my grades was like, okay. Mm -hmm. Probably my last two Junior and senior year In high school That's when I kind of Straightened up But um, During high school I was a, a part of a program Called Upward Bound mm -hmm, That mm -hmm. was every And I know you go to UConn So you're familiar with that yeah. And shout out to my Still my mentor to this day Cliff Merritt That's mm -hmm. when I first met him um, He came to different high schools And recruited students From high school To be a part of a summer program Which would prepare you For the next year In your high school career Nice So for the summer You would do like Six weeks in the summer Stay on UConn's campus Experience the college life But take courses that would be for the next year to per to prepare you mm -hmm. for that academic year um, and it would help you you know for college selections so being a part of Upper Bound since 2005 because um, in 2004 I did a program a music program called CCY at Westland Center mm -hmm. for Creative Youth so that next year that's when I got into Upper Bound and I did that for the three years nice. so between that and applying to colleges grades wasn't all that but it got better so you know they look at the whole thing of course I wanted to apply out of state I was applying to some HBCUs but didn't work out um, so Eastern um, I I applied there, got accepted into their summer program, the StepCat program. So that was pretty much a program to um, prepare you, and you had to pass that program in order to get admitted to be officially a student for the fall. So being in that program, it was a lot of statistical uh, judgment around it, saying yeah. you know most of the kids don't graduate on time and things like that. But of course, I changed that narrative and broke that. A lot of people in my class, we graduated on time. Um, and so far, I think since then, or maybe a little bit before or after that, um, that statistic has been broken. Um, a lot of kids that do get into the StepCat program and become Eastern students, they graduate still in four years versus what the statistics say is when you come, well, you're a StepCat student, so you're labeled as you That's won't finish so on time. And yeah. I changed my major twice 
but I was still able to get done in four years. So um, long story short, yeah, Eastern was my choice. And from there, that's when um, I was sort of in high school you could say I was doing like youth because I worked for um, a summer program at Jamuki where I went to elementary school mm-hmm. at so I was always working with like kids like summer program but I didn't take it as serious as fast forwarding thinking that I would be doing youth development now gotcha. so then it was just like being a camp counselor for younger elementary school students as a high schooler just having that summer job working around kids but then in, high, and in college it got interesting because um, there was other opportunities provided and um, I was able to um, we had Wyndham High across the street Wyndham so I was High, able right. to be a part of a, a mentoring program for those high school students as a college um, student so bringing them on campus bringing them around allowing them to experience college life and just being that older role model and that's when um, the, the mentoring and the youth development side started to grow on me and then not even talking about the media side when I decided to change my um, major to communication mm-hmm. and then start a radio show on campus and then really get into the communications realm of now um, being on that media aspect of things. Yeah, that that's that's awesome. So when you when you when you were in school at, at Eastern, mm-hmm. and you and you, I, it's, it's amazing. The reason I'm a little bit taken aback is because they let you know about a stat that says that you're not likely to graduate in four years. Mm-hmm. But they still let you get into the school and take your money. It's almost like you, you see what I'm saying. Yeah. That's kind of weird, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like that is such a disregard to say, look, you're good enough for us to take your money, but let me just give you this slight to let you know that you're not likely to graduate. But we still gonna take your money. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you're taking my money, then if I'm not up to par, if you feel like I'm not, then give me what I need to get up to par and just do that. You Absolutely. don't need to slight me to be like yo. You're not likely to because. And what I'm saying is that they're so comfortable. Mm-hmm. They're so comfortable that they can just... Could you imagine that? Exactly. Like you went to a restaurant and, and you're paying a restaurant because you're going to eat there, you're going to pay. And the dude's like, yo, you want to order the blah, blah, blah? Okay, you can order the omelet, but you're not going to finish it. You're I know you're not going to finish it. it. Exactly. Like your waiter telling you that before, while you're paying him, he's getting smart with he's you. He's getting smart, exactly. Yeah. And I don't blame that on... I blame that on more of the state perspective of the state schools. I don't really blame that on the people that was in charge of the program. Because the people that was in, um, ahead of the program, the directors, they were very vital in my college career overall. Um, big shout out to... She's retired now, Dr. Heber and Dr. Hornong. Dave always believed in every student that came through they were very helpful um coaching checking up on us making sure that we were you know from the program all the way through our four years um being on campus and stuff so they would check on it's not just like oh we focus on program kids and then when they get in school they're on their own with their professors but throughout this academic year once you are officially in the school as a student they're checking up on you because you're still a step cap student like you are a step cap alumni you're a step cap student so they would check up on you you know you can go to the academic center for help anything you needed they were a primary resource so i don't obviously i don't not saying blame but i don't blame it on that portion of it yeah but it's more of the state perspective when they're collecting data but again like i said that narrative changed along the lines i believe after my class has been a lot where i've seen kids graduate and it's all about you, you yeah that's, that's my it's all about your push yes yeah. because you're yeah. you know you may have some bumps in high school you may have some bumps on your road or maybe a little bit of bumps in the beginning of a college career but it's all about how you apply and find the right balance to overcome the impossible find the right balance to make sure that you're on point with um, your academics and taking things seriously. And it's amazing because when you get out here in the real world, which anybody listening that's you know above college age knows, it's all about that action. That's it. That's all it's about. That's in college, it. they try to they they you know they give you these milestones or they give you these checkpoints. And I understand that for them to receive benefits and for them to validate 
themselves as a school. I 100% get you need to do metrics. Mm -hmm. Did they learn this? What did, they, what did you take them from when they came in? But in college, there's really two cultures, right? In college, there's the academic culture, mm -hmm. and then there's the actual culture of the school, meaning the student body, the atmosphere on college, on campus. And some people... And not everybody's going for one or the other. And some people are going for both. Right. Like when I went to HBCU, the main thing that I heard obviously was like, yo, I came from this town and the town I came from, even though I'm black, wasn't too diverse. So I figured I'd come to this college to experience the, the quote unquote black experience. Yep. Understandable. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, Ugh, but is the black experience worth you know that many thousands <laughs> per year <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah, them dollars ain't no joke yeah them dollars ain't no and and and, the, and a lot of times the hbcus their challenge is that they're a growing they they they're a lot of times either just geographically at least uh -huh. they can't just easily grow so a lot of people get rejected from being in the hbcu just because the population of students they can serve during one given year is small. Exactly. You know, when I went to Clark, you had the combination of Morris Brown. So we were at Morris Brown the last year before they went out went out of a commission as a school. Mm -hmm. Clark Atlanta University, where I was at, Spelman College and Morehouse, but they all share a campus. Mm. So it's called the Atlanta University Center. So they all share resources. So you could be at Morehouse and take a class at Spelman even. Right. You may not go be in a girl's dorm, but you can oh, take yeah, a class take at Spelman yeah, yeah. or you can you can go to Spelman and take a class at Morris Brown and they all recognize each other's credits. So there was still interest in the culture that mm -hmm. if you went to Morris Brown, you were considered a hood. And if you went to Spelman or Morehouse, it was so like, creme, like creme de la creme. Yeah. It's like, dude, I take class with you at Morris Brown, how right. am I less than you because you go to a, so these cultures on campuses, not going to like fraternity versus non-fraternity, freshman mm -hmm. versus upperclassmen, like all these little things that we carve out academically or culturally on college campuses and in schools is, is very interesting because they don't mean anything in the real world. Nothing. It's about that action. That's it. That's <laughs> it. It's all about action, how you getting in, how you getting out, That's and what it. you did through that journey to teach you those lessons. There's going to be lessons learned. Oh, yeah. And lessons is going to be learned through the failures. Oh, yeah. So Only. That's it. Only, especially That's it. like, you know, we're, we're operating under, we're coming back from COVID, so even we got to do like a socially distancing podcast, <laughs> but especially at a time like this when a, a lot of people have been moved off chairs and seats that they occupy, not to their own fault, like the restaurant got shut down because the restaurants had to close down or, you know, and so in this side of this horrible experience during this time in our country, just referring to the uh, the virus, mm -hmm. This opportunity It's they just the don't, truth People don't realize it man You know what I mean Like people in the crisis. People are working from home People are going to continue Working from home Because the company realized Productivity stayed the same Exactly And for, for the individuals Especially like Coming from places Like we come from Who thought It was a wrap for them It's not Because they're going to be able to take advantage of an opportunity to jump in and I think that's the thing that school doesn't teach us that you may have made a mistake or you may have failed or failed a class or stayed back failed a year but in life you can jump in anytime you want anytime you can lose in 2000 jump back in in 2001 and win or you can lose in 2000 or you can have a hit right now during COVID and come back in 2021 and still be super successful but school makes you think like you only get one shot you know, and if you fell or you didn't take that opportunity, where else you gonna get opportunity like that? And you're like right next door because right. opportunities are everywhere. Everywhere, man. So, so when you came out of college, mm -hmm. what what was the first job or position you took? 
um, corporate life because um, it was kind of like opportunity. Um, you get back, you get back home, you get back home in mom's house. It's mm -hmm, like, all right, mm -hmm. gotta make some money, help help out. You know what I'm saying? You know, you got this four year degree. What you gonna do with it? You know, reality sits in. Yeah. Um, me, I was always a dreamer though. You know, I was always, you know, I had my plans, but I knew I wasn't gonna jump to it right away. I had to really face reality and to um, get some money to invest into those dreams and mm -hmm. or the ex exact thing that I'm gonna do. I realized during college. College, you ain't gonna jump out and do what you want to do right away mm -hmm. i'm not saying you're gonna jump out and flip burgers but you may jump out to a good job but it might not be what you want to do right Understood. away and that's what happened to me on the path so yes through you know doing media um and then youth development um I jumped out went into corporate world got a job at waste management um life eight to four schedule no actually i started off with the um entry level that was like the 11 to 8 you got to do those for mm -hmm. a little while and then finally they was able to change the schedule around and moved up to and i advanced in the company you meeting the goals and nice. high inbound calls and stuff like that moved me up to project coordinator nice. um was there for like two and a half or three years um during that time doing stuff on the side business related between dj services and media stuff production stuff and like literally on my personal email and work email like doing and i'm just like after a while one day the light just came on i was like yo i'm really out here like really doing this and i'm really passionate about the personal stuff mm -hmm. versus like here i'm just like why am i waking up every day frustrated because i gotta go to work you know what i'm saying yeah. why am i waking up every day annoyed that i have to do this and then going home something's not right something's got to give so um long story short fast forward it and i ended up just um putting in my letter of resignation and leaving on waste management I had a couple months you know i had a car mm -hmm. had um certain things you know lined up couple months a month ahead um a rent and all that stuff but then i was just like what's gonna be next and so i took that jump um, I took that leap of faith and just said, you know what, I can't do it anymore. You know what I'm saying? So I had to, you know, take the leap. So in between time, it was about two and a half, not not two and a half. It was probably about a year and a half or so. Um, I was unemployed mm -hmm. and just really making money through side businesses, multimedia services and DJ services and things like that, doing some production and stuff on the side for people, making money under the table. It was helping me. Um, most of the time it was getting like doing private events and stuff. It was getting the bills paid. That's right. Um, just for the meanwhile, but mm -hmm. sometimes it was a stretch where it was like, uh, you got to give me some more time, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, so it was yeah, still yeah. a struggle. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't wish that on anybody, but at the same time, it's a part of the journey That's where right. you learn the most. Right? right. So fast forward, um, I heard from a friend said, "Hey, yo, it's a spot. Um, it's a couple positions in Norwich. That's the I'm like, I'm, I'm in Hartford, I'm in Norwich, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Norwich Public School. So I'm thinking about. I'm like, uh, so long story short, I, I applied, didn't realize they would have called me back, seeing my resume, whatever. So it was a position for um, media." Media, music and media instructor mm -hmm. so it was like a temporary they was under like a little grant temporary um not i wouldn't say a temporary position but they were under a grant and they had this um incorporated in their after school program what did i do um take that 30 to 45 minute drive every day after a while i got used to it because before that me and my boy we was um he does photography so we were going to doing like events a lot of times at the casino so i mm -hmm. kind of got uh, 
immune to the drive. So in a way, it was like Norwich is not that bad, but they ain't doing everything. So whatever. Um, started doing that a little bit. So I did a whole program with the kids. Um, they were basically learning songwriting, production, wow. and recording. So um, we did a basic tutorial through GarageBand. They provided the equipment, laptops, and everything. So they weren't able to afford the um, software like Logic and Pro Tools. So I said, you know, we'll just do it through GarageBand. So some of the students were, oh, I want to do the recording part, Mister. I don't want to rap. So some of the students were talented. They did songwriting. Some, you know, singers. Wow. These are middle school students, sixth to eighth graders. So uh, this is all the way in Norwich. So I was doing that, um, teaching them songwriting, teaching them the basics of recording, teaching them the basics of production, and things like that. Came up, they did a whole demo. I still got the demo on my computer. Wow. <laughs> so we did that. We recorded them. I had, um, I brought my own equipment, like my little, little mic, and they asked me if I needed anything. Um, I still have some of their stuff today. Today, you know, with the grant, they had, you know, budget laid out. What do you need to get equipment wise? Blah blah. Put it in. So through that, I was doing that for about three or four months, and then it came around to um, the next year. And they said something about with the grant, I guess it was up. They had to let me go. So back to mm -hmm. unemployment mm -hmm. stage, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So then in between time, I was applying and I said, I'm not going back to corporate. Understood. I made up my mind. I said, mm -hmm. I'm going to continue to, you know, drive my passion in doing this, what I love. And I said, Joe, I need to work with kids. I need to be relate to kids that look like me. I need to relate to kids that um, that I can make sure that they're not going down the same path that I went down. So then I started getting, so I was like, I need to do youth development. I was like, and that was always my goal. I said, I wanted to do, have my own media production company as well as always do mentoring and something on the side. So I said, you know, why not start on that since I'm already somewhat in the media field? Um, let me start that. So long story short, um, saw opening at Hartford Communities That Care and um, applied, got in, um, long story short, got in and from there, um, Moved up. We did um, did the after school program for like three years. Then um, in between time, the uh, um, excuse me, the leadership academy ended up resurrecting. So in the beginning, I was kind of sitting in on the NAACP youth council meetings mm -hmm. where we got some of our youth from. They were members of that organization, and from there we took those three to four members, and we ended up just meeting on Saturdays, and we said this is the HCTC Youth Leadership Academy. So from those four members, that recruited to now what twenty kids wow. um, within the last. To, within the last three years, um, we recruited also, um, and then I was program director um, of the agency. So all the programs, after school program and youth leadership academy, as well as we had the um, we had a, a clinical enrichment program. So we took foster kids, thirteen to eighteen. That's right. We had them. To, uh, it was like temporary care and things like that. We were contracted under that. So um, it was a lot. Um, that was that's like my laboratory where the youth development increased a lot of training a lot of other things that actually built my professionalism um, in that organization and expanded me to go to so many places meet mm -hmm. so many new people network and really build kids um, we had a program with Dwayne on Saturdays he came to the academy he did the um, script writing animation um, Joe Young came through mm -hmm. did the animation series and it's all tied around prevention and reducing gun violence because wow. that was really our theme which it still is our theme um, we've been to um, US Library of Congress with these kids we've been to DC Maryland Philly Boston so many different summits um, representing Hartford um, LOB state legislative wow. uh, building city council um, getting testifying on bills and things like that so these kids have been working very hard and I'm, I'm privileged to work with them now um, so last year 
um, I've accepted a position with Hartford Schools August 2019 around student engagement specialists. And interestingly, uh, the issues that we've been working on with the Youth Leadership Academy are tying in. So one of the issues was chronic absenteeism. And little do you know, um, the, the Hartford School Districts launched um, the position of the student engagement specialist to focus on eradicating chronic absenteeism and wow. um, engaging this climate and culture in this different schools and Hartford schools. So I said, interestingly, the last two years we've been working on, this has been a problem, the root causes of the problem, and now they interestingly saw this. I don't know if they've seen our kids, but like I said, it just happened to be um, that they launched this program and I was able to take that position and still be able to balance and still be, of course, still with my family at HCTC. So now I'm just solely the director of the Youth Leadership Academy, um, but full-time um, at Hartford Schools. Um, I'm at an elementary school where I was doing the after-school program when I was with HCTC. So it all came in full circle, those relationships building and all still being affiliated to do be full circle and still be with um, the family that really um, helped me enhance my youth development professionalism and skills. I think what you're demonstrating is that when you provide value, mm -hmm. you know, people organizations universe will make space for you absolutely absolutely you said and, it right yeah, on, right they'll on make point. space for you mm -hmm. and so the it's almost like they it's almost like somebody went to your website <laughs> of the youth leadership academy literally took the took the uh, mission statement and just wrote that as the position they wanted as a way to say eddie why don't you just come you know you know work for us and, and so that's and that's awesome and the way it's the way it comes back full circle to working back at the school that you know you started we out was partnered with. in and now yeah. in the school you know so it's like yeah and 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 again people like you and you know Dwayne with Paradigm Academy you know Lovejoy also you know you know with the Blue Hills you know Civic is you guys do the work and you are on in the trenches with the kids mm -hmm. In ways that you can't even explain. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we won't we won't we won't ask you to explain it. But for the audience, could you please, if, if possible, from your experience, mm -hmm. what type of things are the youth in need of? Generally speaking, in the city, as you, no matter if they're from Norwich, which could seem like that's not. Harford, but was, I was working with the same population yeah, that I'm working I'm with saying. now. Yep. Whether it's Norwich, out there. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Whether it's Norwich, Norwich, or whether it is um, Hartford, like what are the commonalities of what the, the needs that the kids have in our cities? The the kids have what it is is um, the kids don't have that outlet to express themselves. The kids don't have that outlet of someone that understands or someone that looks like them that understands um, their background, their needs. Um, when you look at it deep, of course, a lot of people know the trauma mm -hmm. is a big key factor. Um, whether they're coming from a single parent household, whether they're coming from a foster home, mm -hmm. whatever the case may be, you have to look at that root cause first um, and understand the background of the demographics you're working with. Yeah. If you're not understanding that, then you're going to go in blinded and you're just going to take out your lesson plan. You're just going to discipline the kid in a certain way that you don't, you know what I'm saying? You're just doing your job, yeah. right? Versus actually working to understand the passion um, of behind the, the world, the real work. So when you look at that, um, the common thing is that if once they have those these platforms and these outlets to actually express themselves, yeah. this is where they'll find themselves and really better. Um, probably won't even really know that they're coping through, 
you know, their issues. But That's right. it would be it would better express. And it will help you learn. You know, sometimes you have to be in the disguise learning approach and do certain things that they don't know they're doing just to get yeah. something out of them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I think the, mo- the most common thing is that really having somebody that's relatable and somebody that understands them um, and that can really just be there for them so they can just come out of their comfort zones. That's the best. And I think like what 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 you do that's super impactful, you know, along with everything you just listed is you give them your time. That's it. Your time. That's that's important too. Yeah. yeah. Time and, is it. And, and and I don't know if our system is is our basically, you know, our our child you know, just child care, you know, child welfare, welfare, not welfare, but our child well-being system is set up for that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times we think of and we speak of even success in only financial terms. Right. Like we speak of success in only financial terms, and especially, you know, I'm doing a business podcast. Like this is what this is, a success business podcast. Right. So That's it. a lot of our mind frame is just numbers. But I think just from regular relationship building with an adult. Oh yeah, especially with a child, it's about like time, authenticity, you know, effort. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not hip, you know, just putting in the time, you you can still be yourself, and the kids understand you if you're authentic. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we get a lot of images and ideas sent our way that are coming like, we know what you need, and we're going to package it with this little. Um, gimmick Right And we're gonna package it With this gimmick And because you like X or Y or Z Or because you guys Are into hip hop We're gonna make it rhyme But it's like Doesn't need to Can it just be authentic no, Or can no, it just you, be And the thing you did, the thing of it is You can't try too hard That's right You have to understand Meet them where they are And understand that All, all they're really looking for Is somebody that cares That's it That's really what That's really what it is At the that's end of the it. day They just wanna know Somebody that cares And you have to get to know them So you can kinda of meet them Where they are Not saying that You know They're taking lead But at the same time It's kinda of like um, it's a collaborative learning yep. um, aspect to where you know you're giving them something and they're giving you something back. And like I said, with the kids, it's like I tell them I'm just the instructor. You guys are in the driver's seat. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? With with this with the program now, it's like I'm the instructor. You know, I'll give you the guidance. I'll give you this and that. But you guys sit in the driver's seat. You're driving a car, right? And when you go for a test, you know, you're studying, you have, you know, um, driver's ed, cloud, driving school, you know, yep. you go, the instructor's going to tell you the rights and wrongs. I'm going to tell you what, what ways to go, how about advocating. I'm going to tell you these politics, these people are going to be funny about this, but we got to know how to face our enemies. We got to know how to face everybody and stand out as leaders no matter what, mm-hmm. you know, we go after no matter what adversities come our way. But when it comes down to speaking and raising their voice, raising you voices or white voices when it comes down to speaking and raising their voice that's when it comes to you you're going to be in a driver's seat then you know what i'm saying i'm going to train you and, and teach you as much as i can to be able to face these things because i didn't have nobody to do that when i was your age that's right but i and i, I and as i've learned you know what i'm saying i'm going to teach you. i'm not going to teach you everything i know because you can't do that but yeah. i'm going to teach you majority of what you need to know right now and that's going to get you enough to be career ready to be ready for it to um to to transition into being a young adult and facing all of this craziness that's going on in the world yeah and and you mentioned something um very important like you know just giving letting kids know that they're heard yeah you know a lot of times somebody anybody really whether they live in the community or not right even living in the community like somebody can be watching let's just say the news which is a very don't even get me started but it's very um it's a very curated platform local news you know national news of jay what's going to get the people um most likely to pay attention and most likely to have an emotional response well if we say that 
you know, the majority of people, 96 or 85% of kids in Hartford graduated high school and went on to college. That's not exciting. That's boring. But let's point out that this one kid had this one incident, and let's make that the news. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, let's make it the headline. And, you know, it's not good, you know, like, if, if you say, why would a kid do that, or why do these things happen in our neighborhoods, if you want to know the answer to that question, why, how much time you got, like, let's, let's talk about it, but on some level, the why doesn't matter, because if you come with a spirit of help, it doesn't matter why a person came to this situation, you can help them. Like you can just help. You can just start from helping. And, and what I like, which is the perfect segue you gave also, is like, you know, the partnership opportunity that we're working on together, mm -hmm. you know, with our other partners, where Worldwide Voices, where we want to give Hartford youth a voice to express whatever it is they feel, whatever dreams they have. We want to document the dreams they have. We want to capture the process that they're going through to figure things out, stuff that makes sense, you know, and then we want to we give recognition to the youth about the things they're actually accomplishing because those stories are way more plentiful than the stories we're seeing on the news, but they aren't getting the publicity and coverage, so we're going to get them the coverage. Absolutely. What's your outlook for the Worldwide Voices program? Like, what do you want the kids to get out of it, and what do you want to help the kids with inside that program? Interestingly, um, I'll just back up a little bit real quick and then get into that. Interestingly, um, we are brand, uh, you, you, the Leadership Academy is raising you voices. Mm. So we developed that name when we did our first summit back in 2018 wow. at Capital Community College. We were sitting and planning. Um, we had the youth in our planning meeting. Literally, we were in um, conference conference room. Mr. Woods conference table in his mm -hmm. office and we had maybe five youth come while the others were still doing anything in another room we had our five, our top five um, lead lead youth come in and we were just sitting there talking about the rundown here's our first summit da 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 so we had um, our research assistant talking and he was just saying something and, and bef but before that Mr. Woods was like make sure you guys come up with a nice na a theme name um, yeah. for the for the summit so as the guy was talking and we was you know we was like we'll think of a name we thought we was going to think of a name on another day maybe have a brainstorming session so during that conversation, um, Ken Ashworth, our research assistant, just started talking and saying some things. And he was like, well, the important thing is da-da-da-da, this and that, this and that. And then he said, um, and then you have to raise youth voices. And we was just like, me and one of the other youth looked at each other. He was like, I think that's the And I was like, that's crazy because I felt it. And I was going to tell them, but I didn't think they was really like everybody was listening or anything yeah, like yeah. that. But he, man, when me and him looked at each other, he said... That's the name I did. So from there, we said raising you voice. So from there, we carried it out as a brand. Um, fast forward to the next summer, um, we started to do a po podcast. So my, my whole idea was like, you guys are saying all of this. You guys have so much topics. I was like, and me having my background and doing my podcast, Live to Inspire, personally, um, Mr. Woods was saying that outside of work mm -hmm. and saying, you know, how can we do that to turn that and have the youth around the table? Um, I like what you're doing on the media aspect, da 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 da. So then that's ended up becoming that name. So as we branded it off, we're saying raising your voices. Um, and we kind of put it as a round table of youth and young adults, you know, having a platform to um, express their critical analysis on community activism, social mm -hmm. justice issues, blah, 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 that. And also when they're in the community, going to city council, going to legislation and presenting recommendations and public policy research, they're raising their voice. Yeah. So 
as we took that name and we just ran it, so that's kind of like the brand name. But of course, under the agency of Hartford Communities, I care Greater Hartford Youth Leadership Academy, and I'm kind of working with them to kind of not just say raising youth voices, but to kind of you know make mm -hmm. sure that we're branding the company um the appropriate way. But that's really the brand name. And interestingly, with Worldwide Voices, it's around a similar platform as I'm pulling some of my youth to be a part of it and other youth around um with our partners that we're working with. Um, interestingly, to get it on a, a big expanded level, let's not look locally. Let's not think locally. Yes, we got the YouTube channel. Yes, well, we got this, but let's think of raising youth voices. You know what I'm saying? Whether we're raising voices CT and we have a group in another place and um, we develop our youth and college ambassador. Um, her name's Deja, and she's at Capitol now. So mm. with that, that was my goal to like have the vision to say, yo, like as as she's the youth and college ambassador, she's our first. Imagine all those other kids going to college in state and out of state. Let's get this movement on campuses and let's get, you know what I'm saying, whatever mm -hmm. we start. And that's how I want to have a youth and college division like all these others. So maybe raising you voices CT, raise oh, we got a kid down in Clark, Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. raising you voices LA. You know, so if that can expand, let it expand versus with worldwide voices and having this incorporation. And that's why I say it's so timely with partnerships and things that I was planning to do and having effective people on your team because you can't do it by yourself that's right having effective people on your team and then when this was proposed and i said dag by the end of the year i was already i was already starting to do something similar to this um new movement that we've been getting ready to start so i said it's all about working together and and you know other people can be on the run well, well dang i had that same idea too but i want to do my own thing yeah yeah, yeah, but in the sense of working together, we have the same affiliates, the same partners. We have people that are behind us, that are that look like us, that are expertise in this thing, and it's so amazing to know um, that you know everything is with timing and everything happens for a reason. And you know, and and it just and it sat with me, and I was just like, wow. And that's why I wanted to share with you guys and in that call before last yeah. about what I was talking about. And it was just so interesting how everything is like lining up to this can be something taken off so yeah yeah and and, and what eddie's referring to is that um we had plans to start this initiative it was just an initiative at first we hadn't titled it yet and then um, with covid hit a lot of our summer youth got this place because a lot of their summer youth employment assignment locations you have to be in person mm -hmm. so our thing was planned to start maybe in the fall but because of the you know the dislo students being dislocated from those in-person opportunities and ours was a virtual platform we rushed really you know to make sure we can definitely kick it off for summer youth employment to be able to participate and so we had like a week to come up with the name and so the thing about coming up with a name for me is like okay i have a name loaded up in your brain okay is the dot com available <laughs> is the dot org available is is the facebook the instagram the tiktok the medium the you know all these platforms i'm trying to get the name to match so that when you build a brand even if you haven't said that you're this name or this username on this platform people will try it and so when they try it you just want it most likely your name to come up so you want it to be uniform across all platforms so if i can't get a name uniform across all platforms i'll change it until I get a name that's uniform across all platforms and worldwide voices also tagged as ww voices so the dot com would be like www dot www.wwvoices.com or www.wwvoices.org and then on every platform www voices www voices we had to have it all lined up 
And so that, out of all the names I was thinking of over the weekend, was the only one that had it available, WW Voices, on every platform. So then I came to the meeting just like really hoping, like, man, I hope they like this name because it's one of the only names available on every platform, and I don't want to have to go mm -hmm. do that again to make sure it's available. And then when you told me that story relating to the name, it was an indication that we definitely picked the perfect name because that's where you were headed anyway, using the same idea, lift youth voices to worldwide voices which is the same basic concept so that was it i mean that was the most productive half hour meeting i've ever had in my <laughs> professional career we got on we got things done we made decisions we got off and we went and executed so yeah that's the worldwide voices story of how we solidified the name and how it relates to you know what eddie was going to bring forth anyway you know, going forward, even outside of the worldwide voices thing, Eddie, what things are you looking for with the companies you're working with, with the kids you're working with? Like, what things are you looking forward to in the future? Um, <clears throat> literally, opportunities. I want them to be able to um, explore outside of the state of Connecticut mm -hmm. um, other opportunities within their uh, interests. Mm -hmm. I want them to be able to um, be well-equipped and skilled to advocate for themselves. It doesn't necessarily have to be on issues in their communities, but um, it could be advocating themselves for uh, career opportunities. It could be advocating for themselves for um, different specific areas in their life that, you know, they face challenges. So I really want them to go off and come back and be professionals to um, give back and, and provide that same cycle to the next generation. Um, this is a very, very intense time that we're living in mm -hmm. um it's either going to get worse or it's going to get better that's right you know some say that you know people your age people my age say that we may not see it we might see it at the end but definitely we know we want our kids and our kids kids to see it so at the end of the day it's my job to break the generational curses curses as much as i can if mm -hmm. i'm only just saving that one life um, as much as I can to make sure that they're well equipped and skilled. So for future, I want to see um, a big media production academy provided for inner city kids um, to be able to put more flavor mm. in the industry. And I got that from Spike Lee. We need more flavor in the industry. And what I mean in the industry, not just film. Yes, Spike Lee does film, but in media and entertainment and um, in so much different ways that it is publicized in the technology realm or, or virtual platform. But we need more flavor. We need more people that look like us, males and females emails to be in this industry and to really um, raise their voice and to really have a say and be leaders um, and understanding on, and putting the right things up front. Now, I know this is probably an unusual question, but for, for our listeners, our viewers and our readers out there, can you give, I, I just want to show impact, right? Mm -hmm. Can you give us an example without, you don't even have to divulge a, a, a student's name, but what's an example of students that you've encountered in the program and where they started and how they were when they began you know, working with you to something great that they've accomplished in the world after working with you or during the time they were in the program with you if you have like one of those stories let us you know just give us an insight to how effective this type of involvement can actually be mm -hmm. um, a student that was um, broken um, shy mm. uncomfortable they became comfortable over time felt welcome felt loved felt cared about um Ended up finishing high school, graduated, 
college student, got accepted, um, high, highly recommended into so much different programs, got to sit on um, leadership panels with other professionals and adults. So you'd be surprised you see that one little person sitting in the corner so shy, everybody else is getting up presenting and you know mm -hmm. that one little person is so set back and so uncomfortable to being that person that's speaking, presenting, um, getting invited to panels, uh, full scholarship and, and to co so it's like that transition and I'm not trying to take all the credit for it but the amazing team that I work with and other people that have played a role in her life but just being a part of that is just amazing and to really understand and allow them to tap into their greatness and tap into getting out of their comfort zone is what we need to see because there's so much gifts in there. That's right. You know what I'm saying? That's right. And, and, I, and I tell them all the time, every one of them have genius level, excuse me, every one of them have genius level talent. It's of just course. their job to tap of into course. it. If you don't tap into it, you will never see it. Of, of course. So mm -hmm. they, her, that, that story is just like, wow, you know what I'm saying? And, and I, I've talked to that person about it um, recently, I think earlier this year, or maybe a couple months ago, I'm just saying like, yo, you came a long way. And I remember when you was like this and like that. And it's just like when they see the progress, because sometimes you don't even see your own progress until so you be like, you look back, you be like, oh, shoot, I remember that. Dang, I was that tough. Yeah. yeah. But it's just like, man, when it unfolds, just like, wow. So, yeah. Yeah. And again, the reason I, I even asked that question is because, you know, we reach, you know, a, a few people with, with our podcast. And again, even if you live in the community, mm -hmm. I promise you the effects of media on you mm -hmm. can make you think that you're you even if you live in a community you're living in a community with a bunch of thugs or a bunch is it literally is not like that if it were like that could you imagine now yeah there are seasons with super tr trouble spots do not get me wrong i'm not saying that that doesn't exist but in every single city name one most of the kids are just like you described they have a vault that's locked because of how they grew up or maybe some trauma or maybe just fear of standing out and being ridiculed because right. you know if it's a different type of ridicule sometimes when you know it's urban because we we come at it you know mm -hmm. they come at you so a lot of times you don't want to seem different like you know like the main goal is don't appear different don't bring attention to yourself because you don't want that smoke like right. you don't want that so when you and other people all around this country work with kids every day and encourage them to let their light shine you know that is literally what changes them like it's just like easy for them like they're more inclined to do that but they are encountering situations every day that saying nope don't you better not turn on that light you turn it on you're gonna get in trouble you mm -hmm. turn it on somebody's going hate you turn it on somebody's gonna tell you you can't do it don't turn it on you don't want that pain but when somebody like you say you know what's okay turn it on but just be careful here and be careful where you you know shine right. your light just be careful be mindful but you still should definitely shine your light and then they're like okay i get it and then they do it and it's like like you said they even have to remind themselves like i remember i couldn't even do that because they forget like yo i, I remember mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't really speak well i remember yeah. I, I was so quiet so people that are doing the work that you're doing you know that lovejoy who's another partner of ours you know calvin lovejoy is another partner of ours in this initiative the work that you and other people like you guys around the country are doing it's going to, it's making things better already and so i got no doubt that the future is like definitely going to be way brighter these kids are going to be more unified they're more unified now than we were when we were that young for real like they're more outspoken now and speaking up on issues even if you say it starts in social media yeah but you see 
when that incident happened, how they took to the streets. It wasn't on social. It wasn't just no social media then. Like these kids are really getting comfortable with being who they naturally were meant to be, and that's great. And and, and it's only going to be more as we go. So I definitely want to thank you for for coming on this episode of the podcast. Um, I want you to let the audience know if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to find ways to help, ways to contribute, ways to volunteer. What's you know, your website or and or email address where they can get in contact with you. Yep. Um, you can reach me at www.hartfordctc.org. You can check out our website there. Um, HCTCYouthLeaders at gmail.com. Um, and uh, my pers- uh, so- social media at Raising Youth Voices, all social media and YouTube, Raising Youth Voices. Check us out there. Um, again, HartfordCTC.org and HCTCYouthLeaders at gmail.com. Hey, Eddie, thanks again for coming on this podcast. Yes, it's sir. one of the most fun podcasts I have. Appreciate had. you, bro. And um, we look forward to, to, to rolling this out to the world, and we're definitely going to shine Excited, man. Light. Let's do it. Yeah, you're going to kill. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Trade Seekers by Triple Toe, and I'll be coming to you with another fabulous guest within a week. Have a good day.